What up, Bone Ponies? This is Cody at Tabletop Totality, and I'm here with my boys. Nailed. Steve. Oh, shit. Oh, we did it at the same time. Fuck. Wow. That's magic. Wow. So it's new Steve here. Yeah. Steel. <laughs> it's Steel. It's yes. Steel and... and, and uh, it's Cody Lee. and Steel. Cody yeah. and Steel. Yeah. 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 Anyway, today uh, we are talking over at the Bone Pony Ranch, the, the good old Bone Pony Ranch. We're talking mm-hmm. about environments in your RPGs. And what we mean by that is oftentimes people are playing, you know, they're playing Star Wars, playing Lord of the Rings, and maybe they're just going from point A to point B. And your world can kind of become land mm. if if that's all you're doing if you're just rapid traveling you know skyrim in it yeah you need to get out there you need to kind of experience things and you can make your environment not only interesting and intriguing to your players but you can also make your environment just more dynamic uh when it comes to things like combat or really anything like that um having having in your descriptions to people the amount of rubble that is on the floor from a wall that caved in could be useful because now a player could say, well, I want to run over and grab a piece of that rubble. I want to throw it at the creature that's attacking us. Or I want to make sure I don't trip over the rubble. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're trying to talk about environments like that. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. It's definitely it's definitely one of those things that when you paint a bigger picture about your environment, it gives more um almost ways to solve a situation or more impacts into whatever's going on, right? As as Cody had just said, you know, if you explain that there's rubble everywhere, now that's going to be something that's in any player's head. Um, you know, that's, it's going to be one of those innate things that's just sitting there. They might not think, notice even anything of it and they may not use anything of it, but one of your players may, you know, or even now your creatures can use that against your players. Now it's something yeah. that adds in there, or it's just, Hey, you got to crack, you know, go across this icy bridge and whoop, it's icy. Now that's the, that's the treachery point. And it's been it's windy all day. Bridge. Yeah. And windy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's no creature now that they're, that they're fighting. They're just in fighting their environment. So like, right. instead of just traveling across it and, Oh yep, it's just a really narrow bridge, but you you walk right fine. You know, now you have an actual encounter instead of throwing maybe creatures at them. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything about your game doesn't have to just be going from fight to fight to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff in between that you have to that the players have to experience. And um, even you know. even if that's what your party likes, if your party really likes its combat, that's fine. Don't don't bog them down in your landscape, but at least let them experience the landscape so that they understand the world that they're in, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Offer them, of, the, offer them the ability to like explore and give them more options to sort of, you know, see what's there. Cause it could be, there could be hazards. There could be options for them to, to explore things. And there could also be rewards if they are able to find them, you know, and all mm-hmm. that is, is just got to look around. They got to, they got to know what's there and know what to look for. Right. Uh, before we get too carried away on all this environment stuff and this mm. landscape and tabletopping, we should mention that we at Tabletop Totality have we? several adventures that are available we on do? our drive-through RPG. Oh my um, god! 
eight out of nine of them are pay what you want. One of them is only three dollars, and we're planning on putting out a bunch more this month. We got about four or five coming out this month, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. we're getting ready to do a book, um, to do a Kickstarter for a book come the new year, you know, before mm-hmm. the new year. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, what else we got there, boys? Time. Um, so, you know, we have all that. As always, we also have all of our merchandise. If you want some cool Kurgan Roomkeeper swag, that's always out there, um, which will be all in the links below. You know, stickers, phone cases, whatever you, whatever your heart wants from our designs, you can rep it. You want a cool bone pony skull on your chest? We got you. You want Steven to come and stay in your house. We got there's you. A, there's a, there's a tier for that on our Patreon. There, yeah, I don't know why you would want that. I don't know why that tier is even there. I didn't ask for it to be put there, but it's there. Steve's a transient. He's our transient member. Yeah. So he just kind of hops around from state to state. So it's if true. you have a couch and you'd like him to hang out there for a day or two. Do you want to see the process of Steve creating things for Tabletop Totality? Go to our yeah. Patreon. Mm-hmm. Tabletop mm-hmm. Totality. Find the tier. If you yep. can't find it, perhaps another tier will be your fit. Like, and, to clar- yeah. and, to, and to clarify, it's not a tier where you get to watch me do streams of, of art. It's a tier where I come to your house and and yep. live with you yep. for you are now res- undetermined period of time. Steve yes. for a indetermined amount of time. Until the next person subscribes to that tier. Look, folks, times are tough. Uh, so go, so please go to go, go to tabletoptotality.com, buy our merch, and uh, make sure that I am not, uh, you know, coming to random strangers' homes and uh, living in their living in their attics. You but know, it's... if you want to consider a really cool tier that we are we do offer, it is one of our Patreon tiers that's called Kurgan's Care Packages. Um, it's a really cool thing that we've always tried to do when we've started this business, which is be able to give back to the community that we have so much enjoyed. Um, it's usually for disenfranchised children, schools that maybe have some after-school activity that one of the um, teachers is doing that teaches kids about Dungeons and Dragons or board games or any tabletop game. Um, And we try and supply them with some supplies as we think it's a great way for maybe those kids who don't want to play sports can still be around in a club with other kids or get away from this crazy, crazy world. Um, Well, and and, you know, even uh, recently we sent a care package out to California and it was to a group of 14 kids and 11 of them were, were girls, um, which was awesome because in, in our circles, you know, we've, we have girls that play, but they, this has always kind of been a more male dominated, Mm -hmm. um, hobby and not that it has to be that way or that we want to be that way but that's just kind of how it has been traditionally um so when we were like oh 11 of them are girls we're like we got to send these kids some some games so that they can get into the hobby and see what it's about yeah it's forever and it was right in the middle of (laughs) it was right at the peak of pandemic too so Mm -hmm. you know it gave them a chance to do something you know, they could at least have some fun with their friends and not just be on Zoom or whatever doing classwork all the time. But yep. yeah, they had something else they could do with their friends. Um, but yeah, 
so we, we do stuff like that and uh, we do our monthly live streams for extra life yep and if you're watching us now you can find out all the links all the stuff that we're involved in right below us i said dude we do once i got yelled at so i'm not gonna do that again <laughs> i'm just not it's just in it's in the ranch below yeah. 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 It's in the stable down below. It's, it's in the pony corral. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's down there in our corral. That's, that's it. That's so it. when we're talking about environment, right? So one of the things that comes to mind is like uh you know, Tolkien is a very big influence to me mm. and you know, Mordor in itself, the the trek to Mordor in itself is such a daunting thing mm-hmm. for the fellowship, even for people like Legolas, Aragorn, Gandalf. None of them take it lightly. Yeah. So yeah, there's the Boromir. The one does not simply walk into Mordor, <laughs> but really, the people were you know even the the great heroes were were kind of shook about going to this place because it is in inhospitable. It, it's. The water is poison. The air is is burning ash. It's dark. You know, there's no food supply. Like, the rocks are razor sharp. The brambles are, are enough to ensnare people and kill them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a very, you know, it's a very um, detailed place. It's a very treacherous place. But it also... Tolkien did such a good job of it that it's almost like it's a villain in itself. Sauron is not just in Mordor, you know, like the land is also supporting him, basically. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, and they call it, you know, the land of shadow, the black land. Yep. And I think you can do that in, in D&D. I think you do that in, in any role-playing game, really. Um, I, I feel that like Barovia is one of them. Oh, Barovia yeah, is a for... place that it's mm-hmm. it, the yeah. setting of Barovia itself is almost like Strahd. It, like it's 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 up there with Strahd well, itself. It's, it's even because like for D and D, Barovia itself actually is what traps everybody's there. It's the curse for Strahd. It's the curse for all the Barovians. It's the curse for any player who ends up wandering into it. Right. So it's even it's more powerful than the villain of that of that you know pre-made module of that story so so like that's that's another level where environment is you know it's above everything you you can't control it you really can't fight it you just have to learn how to survive it you know Mm -hmm. and that's and that's that's like a a really cool aspect of that well yeah because you know what are you going to do you're going to you can't change the land you know overnight it's not going to happen yeah and and uh you know, I, I think that that kind of happens to that happens in a lot of other authors like, you know, Stephen King. Stephen King's Maine is, is very different than actual Maine. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you've never been there, it's an awesome state. I, but I don't know. It's about the same. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, can't get that from here. Yeah. Storm's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, I just but, know that I just know that if you if you try to leave there, then then Gators is gonna make you lose your mind and go crazy. Main justice, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, Stephen King's main is in and of itself kind of like a character. Um, mm. it, because it has this 
presence about it, you know? Um, even when we were talking before, we said about like the, the Overlook Hotel and The Shining, like that very yep. much has, there's a bunch of ghosts in the, in the Shining and there's, there's people and, you know, there's, there's other things that are going on, but the hotel itself has this almost like a, a sentience. It has yeah. a, a sense. Of yeah, the hotel, yeah. The hotel is basically the villain of that entire story. There's a, there's a feeling to it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not saying that you have to do that for everything. Yeah. You know, if, if they're having a really boring walk through a boring part of your landscape, you know, you can shake it up, but it doesn't have to be some big deal. But at least tell them what's going on. What does it smell like? Oh, what is it? Yet. What does it look like? Is the ground soft? Yep. You know, it, it, are the wagon wheels sinking into the trail as you're going to the next town? You know, like there's well, a also, lot of different things you can do yeah there also is the other aspect of you know it doesn't need to be this like an environment in itself you know doesn't need to be magical or it is this being right like the hotel that we were talking about if anybody is big outdoorsy or anything like that or even understands the aspect of how dangerous it could be just to walk through the forest, right? It could be you're in the middle of anywhere. It's just regular woods. It's nature and nature in itself. There's a reason why as, as us humans, we all settled into structures and buildings and stuff like that, because there is a level of danger just walking through the woods. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can slip on the moss or the rock from the morning dew fall down. There are predators out there. That's just a, a regular aspect. That's that's you don't make the right kind of bedding. You will wake up shivering out yep. like out of your brain shivering. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, take you know? take that into mind. Are you in a forest setting? Is it a tundra? Is it not? What are the aspects of these environments that make it just dangerous on its own? And heighten those a little bit. Really make sure to sell those to the players. Be like, hey, on your journey, you know, the whole time you're walking through this, if nobody's collecting um, wood, firewood for camp, you're not going to have anything. You're not going to have a fire. You know, you're not going to have enough time to set up while you're setting up camp to go out and get firewood. Like, as you're walking through, well, what do you have to eat? Well, your rations might not make it all the way. So now you have to, is there animals? That's well, that's, that's one of the fun things that we've been doing in like in Simba room with our party oh, yeah. is when you've been having us travel, a lot of us have been taking the opportunity to say, Oh, well I want to fish or I want to go hunting or I want to go forage for something. And we've been able to find like burned out cabins or mm -hmm. there's like ghosts where there was a civilization once before, yeah. you know, and we've been talking a little bit about, some of the oppressive nature that can happen from nature, from the environment, but it doesn't always have to be a negative thing either. It could be a, a real positive. There could be the place they're going to could be a bountiful boon of, of wonderful magic and restorative, you know, it mm -hmm. could be a great experience for people. Yeah. I mean, um, like your, your players could be like, I want to explore a little bit and then you reward them. It's like, Oh, you find a cave with some treasure in it. You know? Yeah. Just, just you know, you're walking along a, a cliffside, and oh, there's a cave, and there's a bunch of there's some like a little chest of gold inside that somebody hid away, or yeah, and I, whatever. I just think that know? sometimes I just think that sometimes people get, you know, they get caught up in the 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 travel to like A to B. I don't want to waste a lot of time doing that. Sometimes, you know, even as a dungeon master, there's times where I'm like, 
no, I don't have something that's going to happen right here. And it's more important that we get to where we need to go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say, yes, this is, you know, you, you made it to this location in time or whatever, but because the, the, the landscape can also be the landscape and the environment you're setting can also be um, a bit overwhelming. It could be, mm-hmm. it can cause people to burn out. Yeah. So, I ran Tomb of Annihilation for some friends, and the way that Tomb of Annihilation is written, the rules for going through the jungle is very, very oppressive. Very, you, you need to have X amount of water every day. You need to have X amount of bug spray. You need to have all sorts of things. There's all these diseases that are in the jungle. There's bugs that can make you sick. There's zombies, like just. Mm-hmm. Thousands of zombies wandering through the jungle. There's zombie T-Rexes in the jungle. The jungle is not a nice place in Tomb of Annihilation. But for you to do almost anything in that setting, you have to go through the jungle. So I let my players experience that the first time they went into the jungle. And I was I was heavy-handed with it. With mm-hmm. You need to make sure you have your water. You need to make sure you have all these supplies. You need to make sure you're checking for the diseases. You need to make sure your food is being preserved properly because it's a humid environment. Mm-hmm. Wounds can fester. Salted meat can mold. Yeah, you know, there's there's things like that, and I made sure to be kind of heavy handed about it. And when they got out of the jungle, they were so happy to get out of the jungle. And I knew I was like, if if they're going to continue to do this, continue to go in, and I'm continue to be like this, they're going to hate this game after a while. They're mm-hmm. not going to have fun. And so I made sure to tell them, I was like, this is how the jungle is. And now that I see that you guys are taking the steps to every day, you're purifying water or you're, you're hydrating before you set out for the day. You're, you're checking all these things. Once they got into that routine, I stopped making them do it. I stopped making them do the checks. I stopped making them answer me about these things because I didn't want to beat them over the head with it. Yeah. And I think that's important too. Is like if you're going to make your landscape, if you want to make it like a Mordor, or you want to make it like a, the jungle and Chult or whatever, that's fine. But don't make it so negative of a thing that the players are going to hate dealing with it. Yeah, definitely make yeah. sure you keep your players in mind. Some <laughs> may love it, some may hate it, but. I think one of like the cool aspects of doing that, if you're done with your thought, Cody, because you just made me completely think of a n- new thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> um, was one of the books that I, I ended up reading, of course, which is kind of common. A lot of people end up reading it. It's Grapes of Wrath. You either read it in school or something like that. But what John Steinbeck, who's the author for that, is very known for in any book he is storytelling is he takes – he does – especially in Grapes of Wrath, he does, well, here's the family going through. That's one chapter. Then the next chapter is explaining just your environment. He goes through and explains what the environment's like, both nature-wise, how people are acting to each other, and it keeps you in the story. It keeps you involved. Mm -hmm. Take that into your RPGs. If you don't take an aspect, it doesn't need to be all the time, but if you don't take an aspect of explaining 
the situation. You go into a new area. Here's what the environment is. You're, you know, you're describing the environment. You're describing what the people do. You're describing the political atmosphere of the area. You don't need to hammer them every session with that. You just hammer them once. You keep it going. Now you're on to your regular plot. You hammer it again onto your regular plot. I think that is like one of the amazing ways to do it because you're not you're not so much hammering them with the environment like they want you to do in in you know with the the um, jungle and everything like yeah. that with two yeah. annihilation where you're just not hand you know you're not hammering it every time but people are gonna love still experiencing the environment you know your players Cody got the experience of the fucking jungles a shit show nobody yeah. really should want to go in there. Right. You know what I mean? But that's why it also thrives for adventurers, because that's maybe that's where the loot is. <laughs> right. And that's, that's, that's exactly it. Is there's all sorts of promise of reward and things like that in the jungle, and there's not much to do in quote-unquote civilization mm-hmm. in Chult. Um, you know, and, and to resolve that whole campaign, you, you have to deal with the jungle in some sense. Yep. And, and I just knew, I just had the foresight, and I knew my players well enough to say, if I do this every time, they're not going to play more than two two more sessions. You know? Yeah, because it's it's just it's too heavy handed. Yep. And I think that's another thing too is that if you have a setting or you have a a, a society or near an environment, and your adventurers are coming through and they're you know they're strangers to this land, they're going to face difficulties that the locals have already dealt with they have a plan because in that. order for them to survive in that area <laughs> they have to be able to deal with these things yeah. yeah you know it's just like when if you're out in the sahara like if you're out in the i'm sorry if you're out in the plains like in africa right mm-hmm. there are a million things that can kill you mm-hmm. but people that live there know about building what's called a boma they build this little structure of thorn bushes around themselves and they have a fire in the center of it Mm -hmm. and they know that between the thorns and the fire it'll keep everything away from them yep yeah and or at least has a higher percentage to keep everything away right (laughs) and it just it allows them to function so it's it's the same thing you know if there's if there's an animal that's like super poisonous in this river um and your players encounter it well okay yeah it really hurt them it really messed them up but they get to the next village they find out well these people eat these things mm-hmm. you know they know how to catch them they know how to prepare them yeah you know um so that's that's something to keep in mind it's those it's those little touches that like you don't need to have this great overarching idea of why this environment does what it does it you could literally just say, hey, this is one of the apex predators that you're dealing with that is littered throughout this area. Well, guess what? The people who live here, they know what to do with that because they've experienced it every day. Their ancestors experienced it for every day. You know, and that makes the environment matter to itself. Just yeah. in in that aspect, oh, this makes sense. These, you know, it's a logging village. They're gonna have a wall. That makes sense. You, you know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's right. all of those aspects of really just Take a take an extra couple of seconds. Does does that make sense? Does that flush out? You know what I mean. If this people settled here and they're getting constantly attacked by something, they should at least you know, unless it's something of recent in that year, they should have some aspect of dealing with it or understanding it. 
Right, yeah, because yeah. why would they? Why would they live there? If they they would have left off every day. They yeah. would have left. They would have left. Right, they, yeah. They're not going to stay there to die. You know, maybe a couple right. of them would have because this is their ancestors. You know, ancient yeah. land, whatever. But not everybody's just going to wait to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know, you said before you brought up like politics or like how people behave too. Like that's a very big part of the environment too, and and I think that mm-hmm. that's a part of. Like even like even our current situation, like in America or even across the world, I mean, people are kind of antsy and kind of tired of the pandemic, and they're tired of being at home, and and you know, there's just this general feeling that people are just kind of like over it, mm-hmm. no matter what your politics are. People are just kind of like, Ugh. and I feel like that has to be the same, like you know, just how the, the, the Barovians are described. Like they wear these like colorless garb and everybody's kind of dour and, and not really that friendly to you when yeah. you go and interact with them because their, their environment is really oppressive. It's yeah. really grim, yeah. you know? And I mean, the environment will, shouldn't only just shape the people, but it could also shape the creatures that live there as well. Like, yes. you know, like, the, the the behaviors of certain animals, the behaviors of certain monsters or things that you encounter would be shaped by the environment one hundred percent. Oh like, yeah. You're in a you're yeah, in a dense forest or thing. yeah, you're in a dense forest, you're gonna find a lot of things that use, you know, the foliage for cover or climb mm-hmm. through the trees. You're in a desert, you're gonna find a bunch of stuff that burrows and, you know, yeah. Or goes up into the, or flies high in the sky to look down for prey, you know. There's, yeah, because nothing can see through the sun. You know, it's constant sun, so you're not yeah. going to you're not going to try and look up a lot. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you could use that as a as an aspect of how your how your environment affects the things that your players may encounter as well. Yeah, yeah how they're getting attacked, how what's coming after them. You know, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. It's that's definitely a really good point. Um, yeah, yeah, or even, or even like about. not even, not even like what attacks them. Even it could even be like hazards. Yeah, you know, oh, there's a bunch of leaves on the ground in this dense jungle, and they step on the leaves, and oh man, there was a there was a pit of quicksand underneath there that I didn't see. Yeah, there was a big leaf there, and I didn't see it. Or like, oh, there was a sinkhole in the desert that I couldn't see because there was a bunch of sand. Are you, you know? using support? And, and then, you're climbing in the mountains, trying to use something for support. Boom, avalanche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's it's all it's all very easy, but you can also making those small steps. If you paint that as a picture, or you make it something that the party has to encounter, they're also going to, as we were talking about before, they're going to use that to their advantage as well. They're going to start yeah. learning, hey, if I do this, hey, there's that thing. Remember, Timmy almost knocked us down <laughs> the mountain because he touched a, an ice boulder. That yeah, looks yeah, really yeah. similar. We could do it to all of these, you know freaking mountain trolls that are coming after us yeah 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 that that's what i was thinking before when when uh steve brought up about like the the quicksand it's like yeah i survived this quicksand pit and now there's this terrible beast that like i can't handle i can't fight it on my own all right well i'm gonna lure it out towards this quicksand and try to yep you know that just that makes your environment so much more dynamic and all these little things that we're telling you about like you know just these little descriptors just even even if you put 10 minutes into thinking about it, it'll be 10 times better than what, what you just generically had. Yeah. Because all of these little things just keep adding up. And, and we're doing a bunch of world building right now for our, our setting of Dracuva. Mm-hmm. 
And that's one of the things that we've been running into. We're like, okay, well, this creature lives in this place. And, well, now this creature, it's developed to have talons that can tear into this other creature. This other creature is too hard for other creatures to eat. But now this bird has talons that can get, because that's that's its main source of food. It's a very remote place where these two things live. And if you just start thinking about those little bits, I mean, your world is just going to get so much richer. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even even just down to oh, this is the type of stone they use. This stone can't be cut; it has to be burned with acid. That's yeah. the only way. So there's a specific guild that burns the stone to make it for buildings, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and you know that, that already. That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. making it's making all of that environment matter. It's not just yep, this is the woods, la da da da, or yeah. yep, we're going through yeah. the plains. You know, you know what I mean. It it shapes your world. And oh, yeah, I had you guys. I had you guys one time. Remember in Tolaraxia <clears> with <throat> the the pollen storm. The windstorm came oh, through and it yeah. blew all the pollen out of the trees. Yeah. And basically, I, I did it. Was like a whiteout. You couldn't yeah. see through all the pollen. Yeah. And there was they were being chased by orcs and everything. It was a wild drop time. wolves. <laughs> Those goddamn drop wolves. <laughs> Sons of bitches. We tried we tried yeah. to wolves. save that warrior and you just weren't yeah. having it. You're like, no, please. I wasn't having it. It's like how far yeah, and I mean, like, fell from a tree yeah. and ate him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, if, if your players do learn from their environment, if they do actually like do some stuff that lets them learn about the environment and uses their advantage, or you know. They, they go someplace and they figure out something, reward them for it. You know, don't just constantly be punishing them. Reward them, give them some experience or, or you know, give them some, like, like give them some kind of a yeah. bonus or, or, or item, something, something to reward them for using the environment, using what they, not, not just using the environment, using what they've learned about the environment that you've created to overcome some kind of difficulty or even overcoming or even overcoming that environment itself they get to the top of a mountain by like figuring out how to you know traverse you know the paths and climb the rocks and things they get to the top like you know reward them for that because they overcame the challenge that you created yeah and i I think that um you know i I think that just you could use the environment too, not only just as a basis of rewards, but you can use it as a basis of motivation too. Like, especially for a druid character or a ranger character, it makes perfect sense. You know, like they want to protect this natural element. But you could also just have a place where people live that that it's it's beautiful or yeah. it's untouched yeah. or you know, there's an aspect about it that is just wonderful, and the people that live there love it. And something threatens that, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, or or all of a sudden, like there's a tree that grows every year, and it sprouts these these white apples, these huge white apples, and it's done this every year for two thousand years, and then suddenly this year there's no apples on the tree. Yeah. Okay. What? What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that's 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 the start of a, a little, little mission. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in to even speak, like, you know, when you were mentioning about the stone that can only be cut by acid, those are all things I've played several characters that are very much survivalist. They take whatever they can get from from the world and use it to better themselves. I mean, the one, the paladin I'm playing, he's encountered so many different resources. And he's like, is this resource going to be better for me? Can I equip it for myself? Can I make myself 
do my job easily. He has a whole group of other followers. Can I use it to supply them with a different set of armor that nobody else is using in this world to give a, you know, a step up? Anything like that allows makes the environment now i'm constantly looking for that in in the world my character's constantly looking you know he's he sees something that he's never seen before he's he's testing it oh you know how hard is this is it is it better to use is it not better to use what is it even you know there's there's even that was even the setup that was even the setup for that too was that 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 i or that metal that you're referencing Mm -hmm. you know came from a group from a civilization of monstrous races yeah so your civilized places don't have this material but with your character and your organization you you've come to an agreement with these you know the quote-unquote monstrous races they're goblinoids Mm -hmm. but now you have access to this material and that's something you know, that's something right there. That's an environmental thing. These people live in this place because it's very harsh and it's nobody else wants to live in this place, right? Yeah. Like they, they have this place, they've turned it into their own and they have their own culture there and everything. And they're using the resources that are available to them. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's the basis for their society. Yeah. But we could keep talking about this for a long time. Um, forever. Forever. <laughs> ever. But um, forever. Is there any last points anybody wants to make? One thing I will bring up, and I think you will appreciate this, and it's kind of it's not fully related, but when you go to do like an encounter and mm. you have your you have your area all figured out, mm. make sure that your area can fit the actual features <laughs> oh that God. you want to put in the area. It can like fit them. It can fit them, and they can do shit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. because if they just they're all in a room and they can't move, but they're all in there, fireball. Just, all day. It's <laughs> it's what like. Oh my god! That was, that was from a that was from a uh, a pre-built. If you've played Strahd and you've you've gone into Argenvosholt, then you know you probably know what we're talking about. Where there's like. 20 giant spiders packed into room that's not even big enough to fit 20 giant spiders. But like whatever. Six six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So that's that's important. They can know? fit everywhere on the walls, but when it comes into combat, they ain't doing shit cuz half the party isn't even in there yet. Yeah. But whatever. You know. That's fine. Teach their own. I'm not salty. <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> I mean, just to reiterate, like, yeah, you can use your you can use your um your environment for you know to to hurt the party as much as you can to help them, and just keep that in mind. You don't need to make everything hazardous and and dangerous and treacherous, but um at least keep it interesting. Yeah. Even even if you're gonna have hazards or you're gonna have dangers, just don't make it to the point where it's seemingly impossible or it's just yeah. some pain in the ass task for for your players to sit through yeah i mean for no if reason nobody's, yeah. if nobody's into it you know don't like take take that note i did about like with Cholt. you know i could see it i could see it on my friends faces that they were not enjoying going through the jungle this way yep and i was like okay i'm not gonna play it this way anymore yep. yeah i mean it's the same you as know? being like it's the same as like just playing a standard D D campaign and being like oh well are you keeping track of all your rations and all your water it's like some people, <laughs> yeah, some people don't want to do some that. Pe- some people some do. Some people do. Some, some, some people, people don't. don't. But just, you know, it's 
if if you make your players do if you make all of your players do it every single time that they wake up every day, it's like, why do I need to keep remembering to do this? Like, well, you know, <laughs> and the thing, you know, the thing for Chultner too, you know, the big thing was like, I get, water. I get, I get, they had to have water. They didn't yeah. have, they had a cleric who could purify water, but they had no, they had no containers. Jeez. So then they were trying to figure out how they were going to transport the water. And then eventually I led them on this quest where they got an alchemy flask, which mm-hmm. gives an X amount of water or beer or whatever every day. Mayonnaise. And so I was like, yeah, mayonnaise. You can just chug some mayo. Mm-hmm. It's good you know? for you. Like you it's do. Healthy. Yeah. yeah. It'll get you through well, the jungle. Mayo chug. Yeah. Full of protein. It's, it's fine. If you drink a cup <laughs> of mayo a day, you can traverse the jungle. No problem. Yeah, basically all the vets at the Bone Pony Ranch will tell you that a cup of mayo a day would keep the doctors away. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Yeah. Any doctor doesn't want you to know that secret. I mean, I'm winded just thinking about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's all aspects, good, bad, that an overlord should use an environment for. Mm-hmm. Um, deep down, we can agree to that. Sometimes you want them to just travel to the next spot. Sometimes you want to be like, hey, bitch, this is what my uh, environment's like sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah this you... is my world. You're in my world now. <laughs> That's And sometimes you got you to gotta remind sure. people that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, there's a thing like, you know, even if you have a place that's so cold that a mortal person, if they stepped outside, they would be frozen solid and they would die. Mm. Okay. Well, now you've created a challenge for your players. Like, yeah. We need to go and get something that'll help us survive this environment. Yep. Yeah. We need to come up with some magical item that'll help us do this or yep. some sort of protection, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Or figure out what the locals do to mm-hmm. keep warm if there are any. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Bone Ponies, I think we're going to bring this one back into the stables. Um, Corral it. Yeah. Mosey on out. Yeah. Brush our ponies down and uh, brush feed them down em. and feed them. Yep. And, and get ready for the. Uh, the nice fall crisp nights that we uh, that we are experiencing out in Bone Pony Land. Um, speaking of which, Spooktober is upon us, and uh, Ooh. Ooh. I'd keep a lookout for what we're gonna be dropping here in the uh, the next few weeks. So, oh yeah. Uh, other than that, good. yeah. Other than that, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to us chit chat and go off of random tangents. But uh, it's what we do over here, and uh, we'll see you next time. We're not scripted. We're not scripted. I ain't got no <laughs> script. Get ranched in the cuff, baby. <laughs> Get ranched up. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. All right. All right. Peace out, folks. Later, bum ponies. Bye bye.